listen to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. I'm a warrior queen, and adrenaline tastes mean in my mouth. Calm your heart now, soldier. This playing field may only lead you south. The sun can't lose its job. I was born to keep it inspired, to give it a reason to burn its fire. I've come to be that indispensable, the chosen one, indivisible, with liberty for those that choose to surrender. Tender words, impeccable. She's just respectable. My clout like leading lady. Slow the play button down to study this motion picture. Baby, come close to my lips here. Shouting to worlds beyond this man-made mass rotating round clocks. My ass rotating round glocks. They go to war for me. All hail the queen. She's a force to be reckoned with. A universal trigger come equipped to shoot truth when I spit griot told stories of royalty my youth stories that live on in this poetry and prose in these songs music filling pores with life lived full and long like ooh, look at you dangerously we aim and see shots ring like fireworks reflected in eyes that see past our hips and thighs we don't chase suns none of them the ones that set or rise we rule these hair skies don't have to lie or lay to get what's for me anyway you hear me son it ain't about doing this thing without your yang this gen's about blessing you about dreams coming true besides i'm a boss don't chase no bashing because i don't have to straight out the alpha woman's bible baby every chapter first one two one two <laughs> That's my favorite part. (laughs) Welcome to the window seat on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I am your host, Maimuna Youssef. Oh, y'all, I'm having a good day today, y'all. Can I tell you? Oh my God, I'm having a good day today. I'm gonna, um, I have two amazing guests, one on the phone and one in person. Um, I just wanna open up with, um, (sighs) we are celebrating women this month. It's the first day of Women's History Month and what a wonderful thing it is to celebrate and to be celebrated. (sighs) We waited so long. (laughs) It's here, it's here. And um, man, I wanted to... um, (laughs) Got so much on my mind, I'm trying to get it off, y'all. Did anybody see the tiny desk? Anybody see the tiny desk? I saw it. Man, I can't even tell you. I did this tiny desk with August Green, which is a comments group with Robert Glasper and um, and Kareem Riggins and Brandy and uh, Andre Day. And the outpour that has happened this week from the last time I was on the show talking to y'all to, to now, the outpour is of, of women just calling me or DMing me and telling me their stories and just pouring out their hearts. It's just, I mean, just in tears, writing me messages. I can't even tell you. I, it's just, I feel like so much of just my purpose is being fulfilled. The work is being done. The good fight is being fought. It's, man, it's... it's Ah, it's, it's beautiful and it's, I am grateful to have been used in that way and um, you know to see it be received like that you know shout out to, to Nisi Nash for posting <laughs> I'm pressed and Cedric and uh, Cedric the Entertainer and Questlove and Black Thought and, and Common and um, Taraji everybody that, that got behind it and supported and helped just the message of women empowerment and women uh, claiming ourselves and owning ourselves and having um, 
you know, lifting our voice up to say what can and cannot be done with our person, you know, is is just such a powerful thing. And I'm I'm just it's a good time to be alive, and I'm I'm excited to see things coming full full circle. Um, my first guest that I want to introduce is a personal favorite person of mine. She was uh, one of my teachers at Duke Ellington School for the Arts, and I always tell her that she's the one that started my career, put my career on its path. Because, um, so when I was graduating Ellington, uh, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. Um, I had gone to school for a short period of time. I couldn't afford to stay. And I had come back home to, to Baltimore. And I was trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life. And I, I called my teacher at that time, you know, my former teacher. And I was asking, like, oh, you know, I, I'm recording some songs. I have this, you know, my band. We're rehearsing, like, in my auntie's basement. And I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life and how to really, like, you know, have impact in the world. I just feel like I'm supposed to do something great. But, like, I don't know what to do. And I'm, I'm young and poor. And... <laughs> <laughs> And um, she connected me. She said, you know, there's a woman in New York that I think you should meet. And she's a publicist. And she gave me her address, and I showed up at her door. <laughs> I showed up at her door like, hey, help me. Right, right. What should I do with my life? And literally from that moment, the advice that she gave me and the people that she connected me with, that it became this spiral that just collected wind and picked up and picked up and is the reason I ended up signing with Sony and touring with the roots and being Grammy nominated and recording with uh, common and Kanye and Dave Chappelle, like literally all those things happened from that moment. So I want to uh, introduce one of my favorite people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to call you <laughs> miss. You haven't for a long time. <laughs> Robin. Thank you. Not Vasquez. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I feel like I should be getting checks from you. Yeah. I know. I know, right? She's like, hold on, wait, did I do all of that? All this credit. No, it doesn't doesn't ever get to that level. When you're teaching, it's, I mean, I would never have expected before I became a teacher to Mm -hmm. have any sense of the reward Mm -hmm. that would come from meeting young people at particular points in their lives. Right. Um, And and for, for so many, I'm very fortunate for so many to be able to stay connected in their lives mm-hmm. and have them be connected with me and grow in our relationship with each other and to each other. So like, I feel very proud in a kind of both, both, both mentor, but motherly, yeah. but sisterly yeah. way about you and your success. And to know that, um, to know you on the level that I know you and to be able to say, quite honestly, you that girl that... <laughs> You're the same person. You have always been um, so exuberant and so so open with your talent, with your singing, and with your um, um, sparkle that it is infectious. And, and people, anybody would have known that, would, nobody would be surprised at any success that you have, have uh, earned or and certainly achieved, you know, I use the word earned. You have worked really hard. You are raising a beautiful son, a brilliant Thank boy, um, and 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 you know you it, it, more surprises are going to come from you. <laughs> more success, but you, you know it, what? What's a, I'll, I'll say what comes to me as a surprise is because I know how hard it is. Like there was a time, you know, when you grow up, people always tell you, well, if you work hard and uh, you know you do the right thing, treat people nice, everything's going to work out. 
but that's not necessarily true. You know, it takes a lot more than that. And uh, it really takes like the perseverance of having to overcome a lot of what, you know, we're going to talk about today, which has to do with being a woman in the industry or being a woman of color, um, being a certain a certain age I mean you know it's one issue if you're too young it's one issue if you're too old you know it's, it's always you know one thing or another so it's like you can do the hard all all of the work and there could still be these different uh roadblocks that are just part of society that we are working to overcome and um well we ha- we can't really destroy your dream before you get a chance to get out there <laughs> we all know at a certain age if we don't know spe- the specifics, we certainly do know that you're not going to be spared. In this yeah, way, life yeah. is fair. Everybody gets their share of... Uh, uh, yeah, you know, you, we talked about cursing yesterday. And I said I was going to... I'm going to be judicious with those words. But yeah, you know, you, we, are, we already know that. But, but that, those are the things that strengthen you. They certainly can delay. They can certainly obstruct. You know, but they are yours to figure out, yeah. and um, and as you as you can, and eventually, um, they can make you stronger. But if you don't feel strong in the moment, it's okay. You know that you learn how to cope right, with each uh, challenge. Yeah, and you know some of them challenges are real ass kickers. Excuse me. Yeah. I really You're fine. Just really, speak from your heart. I speak <laughs> Robin, speak from your heart. <laughs> some of them some of them, you know, but we know that that we know it's gonna be relationship issues, it's gonna yeah. be some shit on the jobs, uh-huh. <laughs> it's gonna be some rug snatched from under you, it's gonna be yeah. some illness, it's gonna be some loss, all of those things. But what is your destiny is your destiny, you know. Yeah. So it's not it, it, and, and and you have to be at peace with it's essentially that you fought a good fight. You know. You may not have uh realized every dream Mm -hmm. but if you stayed in the game Mm -hmm. you know if you kept a goal of uh those other kinds of of things that we talked about of being fair of being open of of being generous if you kept those as your goals as well Mm -hmm. you'll be okay you know my dad was telling me this morning he said um you know a lot of times people want the perfect circumstances to be able to succeed he said the real um, the real measure of success is what can you su- achieve in despite of, mm-hmm. you know, not because of, but despite all of these things, you were still able to achieve A, B, and, and C, and that it, it feels sweeter on the other side when you know what you were up against, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to uh, if the circum- if the cards aren't dealt a particular way, you can't do it, you know. And I mean, and this is a man who, I mean, he's been through, you know, a lot, has mm-hmm. served several prison sentences and has lived on a street as a child, slept mm. in, a, in, a, in a cemetery as a child, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and has has really, he's really he's he's the last of, of of his breed, you know. We were talking about that yesterday that he's been to the funerals of all of his friends, you know, that came up with him when he came up, and like he is the last that knows their stories, that knows what they went through. He's the last one that you know remembers those things. That's a tough place to be. Also, I will yeah. say. I turned 65 on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read some of my accomplishments because, you know, you talk about celebrating women. Yes, I'm come gonna celebrate on. celebrate Robin Marcus. Please celebrate you know, Robin Marcus. Um, but before I get to that, I, I will say, it, again, at this point, and I imagine your dad is somewhere near me in terms of age, to be a survivor, to, be, yeah. to say goodbye to so many loved ones, you know, you look back and there have been so many folks who didn't make it this far, right. didn't even make it out of their 20s. 
right. right? And look at what the, and how it's, the truth is that some of those challenges that I mentioned earlier are um, death sentence challenges, yeah. you know? And it's hard to be, I don't care what part of the diaspora you come from, it's hard to be a black person sometimes. Yeah. But maybe, I shouldn't even say it that way, maybe it's different to be a black person. The kinds of cautions we have to tell you, the kinds of stuff we have to navigate. You talk about your father. You know, I, I mentioned my grandfather, who I'm a sixth six or seven generation Washingtonian and my grandfather was a businessman and he had a lot of businesses and a lot of business successes and a lot of failures but but the main reason that he wasn't able to be more successful is because he couldn't go get a loan at a bank right right? he couldn't there was so many things that as soon as he got a little bit of success Mm -hmm. that came and snatched taxes or different things came and snatched he couldn't move out of he was a segregated city at the time things are a lot different today yeah. Right? Things are a lot different today. You, we're benefiting from their disappointments and sacrifices. Right, right. You're benefiting from ours. Right. You know, so you get this you get this world handed to you and like what the heck you gonna do with right. it, my Mona? So <laughs> I mean I'm just proud to say that you are you know, and I know some others. I ain't gonna just make it you to get you a big head, but I know some <laughs> others who are I'm so I'm I'm feeling some kind of special way that yeah. I was in your lives and that yeah, I'm in absolutely. your lives because you're going to do so much out here yeah. to inspire people mm-hmm. you know to, in, to as an artist to make people feel like they can do the next thing right in that moment that somebody is listening to a song that you sang and they were feeling before they heard it like they couldn't do the, mm-hmm. the, the that what was the point yeah. right it really gets to be on that level without artists I have said this we would all be sitting in a field naked we are the folks who make life possible. Mm-hmm. And if you are especially gifted as you are, you know, you get to put that sunshine all over the place. Right. And it isn't always about money, you know. But I want you to get it. I want right. you to get some money. Right. I want you to, get, I want you to be okay. But, you know, you don't do it for that, really. Right. We were talking, me and my mom were talking about that, about how uh, traditionally we view money. Mm-hmm. When you have this concept or this notion, I don't know who created it, but the money is the root of all evil. As a righteous person, it's hard to find that balance between uh, being abundant, you know, and um, and being righteous and not to feel like wealth is somehow opposed to, you know, to righteousness. I don't see this contradiction. I think that there are so many so-called truisms or or or. Uh, that that they, they don't they didn't uh, we didn't they didn't originate from us. Yeah. You know, it, there's a way that wealth is a metaphor. So wealth doesn't necessarily have to do with money. Yeah. Not, you know, probably you've met I have. I'm sure you have people who had a lot of money and they couldn't have been more miserable. Right. Yeah. You know, m- money you can buy whatever you want when you have enough money, mm-hmm. but you cannot buy health. Right. <laughs> you cannot buy your children's emotional stability. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that, that you have to work at and work toward. So the, I don't think that you anybody needs to feel conflicted unless they are a greedy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did some pantomiming just yeah. now. <laughs> Mimicking, but miming. But unless they are greedy, unless they are, you know, um, um, sneaky, they're thieves. Those are the kinds of things where money is concerned. That um, mm-hmm. you, you want to, 
I mean, I personally wouldn't have much to do with you if I thought yeah. that that's who you had become. Yeah. But what do you want to have money for so you can do more? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you can do more for your family. Mm-hmm. So you can do more for your community. So, And then in that way, you'll be doing more for yourself because that's what's in your spirit. And have, have new experiences. Yeah. And self-care. I always, right. I always say, like, massage should be, like, Oh yeah, it should come with your healthcare package. It really it's should. Not a Let me tell you something. When I was at the, in graduate school at University of Maryland in the counseling services building, they had masseuses mm-hmm. and masseurs. Monsieur. Right? You could sign up for a massage mm. because don't you need that every now and then? You know that's why people go to the beauty shop and the barber shop so they can get some people to put hands on them and make them feel like nice. But it's, but it's amazing how many people, especially if you're not, you know. A certain class or, or tax bracket do not ever get massages or don't look at massages as uh, important for self care and for health. Well, know? I think we are. You know, it's up to us to spread that word around. I mean, yeah. it's it's it doesn't have to be a hundred dollars a session kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we how can we educate people to take better care of themselves, right. especially on women. the cheap. Especially women, because we tend to take stuff on our back. Like, ah, oh, we cool. We can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you multitask. You raise the kids. You you work your job. You take care. You know, your loved one. You do. And it's just like, oh, all right, long as it get done. You know, mm-hmm. and don't take that time to really self care. I know I <laughs> I'm guilty you, of it. Are you preaching to yourself? I am, but I did go to the Korean spa the other day, and I had an amazing time. Spa world. Yeah, but they have one in Maryland though, and it oh. has the, the crystal rooms oh, and the charcoal yes, room yes. and the sauna. It was it was incredible. Let me and tell then the you, hot cold. You know, one. somebody <laughs> mentioned that to me and talked about a bathe pool and then blah blah yeah. blah. And you take your clothes off. I said, well, I'm not doing that. And it, they it, said, it, just it, try it, just try it. Just it try is a little it. awkward at first because oh, they scrub goodness. you. Oh, they scrub you down. I saw like people never scrubbing scrub themselves. <laughs> I saw people bathing like they hadn't, like they were determined. They wouldn't put <laughs> one germ in that pool. Right, they were right, so right. determined to be as clean as they could be before they got in that water. Mm-hmm. And then there's all this. No, not everybody could do that. That was like forty dollars with a coupon, a Groupon, right? Mm-hmm. Not everybody can do that. But I remember being on a radio show. It's interesting how full circle. I was on a Bev Smith radio show many years ago with mm-hmm. Iyanla Van Zandt. I don't mm-hmm. know if I ever told you that story. Oh. So, okay, here's my Iyanla Van Zandt story. So, Iyanla <laughs> comes in and she's a Yoruba priestess. Mm-hmm. She's got all the glory stuff on, all the gala and everything. And I just came in because I was substituting for somebody. Mm-hmm. So, I came in last minute with just me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, she, you know, I, I, I I respected that sister at the at the time we had the same agent <clears throat> and uh, so you know that was all good we was, uh, she had that new book on affirmations but what she was talking about what she was what she was prescribing for sisters I didn't think was realistic I said well you know what you could also just make sure you put a note in your child's lunch bag <laughs> every day you can make you could try to get a book from the library, take them to, I talked about things that you could do without having to pay money to do them, you know, because mm. that can be the, the stumbling block for folks. Right. And you talk about how women, how people take so much on their shoulders, and I think that's one of the reasons that, and the masseuse at University of Maryland told me this, that that's one of the reasons we have back aches and shoulder mm. aches, because we're carrying so much weight on our psychic weight. Yeah. 
on our shoulders. You know, we think, oh, we have strong shoulders. I can put it, you know, give me more, beat me up some more. <laughs> right. But you can also just stretch. You can learn how to stretch, you know, and give you, and meditation. These are things that you can build in. And do I do it every day? No, I'm preaching to myself too. Mm-hmm. How you can slow yourself down and, um, and learn how to center yeah. in the storm. And then go back out and fight the good fight. But you, got, you know you can always go mm-hmm. back to that peaceful place. You can go sit by the water. You can take a walk in the park. You, can, you see what I'm saying? These are the things that we have to build in. Now, Rob, I want to talk about some of your work. One mm-hmm. thing I loved about going to Ellington is that our teachers were artists themselves. They weren't just teaching us something that they weren't living every day. Um, and I love that you yourself, you are a writer, and you have uh, wrote many pieces, a lot of them having to do with women, um, an interesting piece we talked about the other day about when you shadowed a prostitute. Oh, I couldn't find that, but I can okay. talk about it. She was a pimp. Oh, okay. She Shout was a out pimp. to Prissy Williams. <laughs> okay. I don't know if she's still alive, but she was uh, doing her thing. And um, uh, no, don't call her a prostitute. She was a pimp, you okay. know, and ran for city council mm-hmm. on the D.C. sexocrat ticket. Hmm. Her, she and Dennis Sobin, old time D.C. people will remember this, Dennis Sobin was a, uh, hmm, I don't know what we would call him, but he was, they were all in the sex trade. Hmm. And how did I know them? Because <laughs> you're a writer. Yeah. You know people. Mm-hmm. You want to hear stories and where they, how they had their experiences. And you, you try not to be a judge. Hmm. You know, I, I try not to be a judge. Now, can is it be, possible to be objective as a writer? It's, it is possible to challenge your object, your objectivity. Okay. It is po- it, you know it. For example, I teach at GW, and I, the last few years I have stopped assigning letter grades mm. to written work. Now it's a lot of work otherwise, but it isn't. I'm not trying to uh, look at your work to see whether it's an A or a B, any you know anymore. So I can assign a letter. And that's all you care about. I want you to write about something that you that matters to you and to maybe some other people or even the world so uh, I have to say I'm old enough and I was old enough then to have come to terms with knowing that I needed to check my judgmental tendencies Mm. I'm much further than that right now I'm very I'm much more open and tolerant than I was when I was 20 Mm -hmm. obviously but you know I knew women who were prostitutes because they lived near me Right. We lived on Logan Circle, my older son and I. And, it was, you know, that's what we, they were like neighbors. Yeah. And if I, I, I remember once they gave the kids who had gotten A's a dollar or bought them a Slurpee or something. Mm. I remember this, hmm, what was his name? I can't remember his name. He was a pimp, but he made us cornbread dressing <laughs> for three Thanksgivings. Wow. You know, so you know people, yeah, not just humans. what they yeah. did. Yeah, to make money. You know, and then you try to understand Why? If they're not having done damage to you and yours, it's easier. But if you do some damage now to me and mine, that's a whole other story. I can judge the fuck out of you then. (laughs) Now I got to try to see how I can hurt you. And I don't want that in my spirit either. Right, 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 right. So, no, she she took us out on the, I tell you, she took us out on the whole stroll, the publisher of the magazine and I. And, um, you know, I did get to talk to some women and. That is a hard life. It's a glamorous. Mm. They had some beautiful like outfits on, and nobody. I didn't know the stores that you could buy those kinds of things in. <laughs> it's a whole industry, you know. And um, at the same time, as beautiful as some of them were up close or from a distance, and as much as they would claim 
to be have agency. This is what I'm choosing to do. You know, if you the ones that I interviewed had abuse in their backgrounds. Right, right. So how much of a choice is it? It's it's a it, it you think of it as a choice, but if you had not been abused, would it still have been a choice? Right. You know what I'm saying? If you didn't know to choose that, if it was never within your the range of options for you. Right, right. But once you have been abused, it has a way, and I've done a lot of reading about it and writing about it, it has a way of whether, if you don't address it, influencing your choices. Right. You know, I was just at a, kind of like a, I think it's called an Impact Investment and World Peace Summit, and a a young woman from Atlanta, I don't know if you know this, but Atlanta is the... um, sex trafficking hub in the United States. I didn't know that. Where they have, they said a, a sex trafficker can make up to $300,000 a year. Wow. Yeah, in Atlanta. Oh. And so she was sex trafficked within Atlanta. They never even left, you know, the city. And um, for years she was held prisoner and, and trafficked her and, and her children. When she finally was, um, was saved and uh, rescued, the state took her children because they said she was unfit to, to parent because she had been a prostitute. And, I'm, you know, that's not the same thing, though, you know. And even to a certain extent, you could look at that. Prostitutes who consider themselves prostitutes making a choice. You still, like you're saying, you still have to look at the portions of what happened to you, what brought you to this point. The circumstances of, of poverty, of molestation, of, mm-hmm. you know, being being unable to make your own decisions and being so used to abuse that that's the life that you feel like is the only life that, that you can choose. Well, you, it's you normalized. Have. The abuse is yeah. for you is normalized. And the, it is considered the world's oldest profession. I mean, the, it, it, I, I, I remember thinking at one point, well, if what about a call girl who sets herself up in a, an apartment and, and makes decisions about clients and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff? It's, you know, I, I have to say, again, I don't want to judge women who make these choices. I just wish they had other choices. I wish we had other choices. I wish right. black people had other choices. You know, I wish, I wish there wasn't this, this systemized notion of exploitation and appropriation of right. our bodies. Just period. That's been because that. That goes across the board. Even if that's not your your profession, was that a that that famous song? The world is filled with pimps and hoes. I'll just speak about those I know. I think that was a big, uh-huh. on a Biggie Smalls record. But okay. even if it, that's not your profession, you see that in so many other uh, fields where you're being exploited in one way or another for someone else's gain. That's still well, that's how, a form that's of the, prostitution. That's on our DNA as America. Hmm. Right, the exploitation or the extermination mm-hmm. of people, the commodification of the body. It ain't yeah. something we just showed the heck up with, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the or it's 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 the lifeblood of this nation where mm-hmm. and where women and people of color are concerned. Mm-hmm. You, you know. So you see it as how can I make some money? I will sell my body. You know, or someone else making that choice for you first, selling your, you know, or someone you. else makes that choice. But the exploitation, the idea that you can sell it mm-hmm. rather than a talent, right. uh, you could get. You, 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 I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but I, I'm very certain. But, and it really, really just comes down. It is a poverty issue, though, most times. 
Well, I also think it just goes back to abuse. If you, it, it's like, a, if, as I remember from reading and studying it years ago when I wrote about it, incest and prostitution, and um, the, the, it's a way of confronting that, uh, that moment of abuse and, and sort of over, overpowering the moment mm, in a way. Okay. Like I can, I'm going to be the one to, finding your own power. I'm going to be the one to do this. I'm mm. a, you know, nobody's going to, I'm going to be the one. And I have to have him because he, that's how this system is structured. You know, right. I got to have a pimp or I got to have a daddy um, to take care of these things. And it's self-perpetuating my own misery. Mm. It's, it's walking into my own being a being a partner in my own misery and my mm. own abuse. Right. A, a lot of the process. I didn't know a whole lot of prostitutes, but I knew a few. You know, not well enough to go and actually, uh, we did have dinner uh, after we left the hostro, which was down. <laughs> the hostro. That's me what she called it. It's taking me out of here. That's what she called it. Every time, my Mona, Jamie, and I stood on the corner to oh see what God. we could do. Uh-huh. Did nobody slow down? Are you serious? I can't you. take it. Did oh nobody slow down? You know, we just out there having the whole, the totality of the experience. But as a writer, I guess you got to really get into the lives cannot, of who you're it's, writing about. It's, a, it's the other part of it is you want to have. A hundred percent of an experience when you're writing. Mm-hmm. I did at that time, mm-hmm. anyway. They were like, I told you about the time I spent two week a weekend in jail. I wanted to. It was incredibly difficult emotionally for me, but I wanted to have. I wanted to feel that hard. And, and the women's the women's prison is a totally different experience. Oh my goodness. Than than the men's prisons. I mean, you know, we're dealing with pregnancies that are happening there, babies being taken away. You're dealing with the a lot of them are mothers. Right. Right. They're being taken from the children. A lot of what I hear is not even having proper, like, sanitation, you know, for the moon time, the cycle, and things like that. Actually, oh, yeah. I, I did a prison tour maybe, like, um, a year ago with uh, the ARC. It's uh, called Anti-Recidivism Coalition. We did four maximum security prisons, male, and one, I think it was medium security prison, female. Uh, and it, it was absolutely life-changing. I sat in, a, like, a therapy session. Mm-hmm in the women's prison and every last one of their stories of how they ended up there started with rape Mm -hmm. with molestation with abuse every last one of them yeah i mean there there was a woman who was in her 80s who had been just gotten rejected for parole you know she had been in there like 50 years or something crazy you know you know that 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 also goes back to the commodification the exploitation right. of our bodies yeah. i mean the prison system I, we talked about this everybody involved gets paid mm-hmm. you know everybody the the warden the, the 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 guards the people that make the bars that go the people that do the 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 digital stuff the people that supply the the uh, sugar for the for the the people that make you know stuff. and then the prisoners often are doing labor that is right you, you know, the big companies farms, are benefiting from big companies, uh, state governments. They make uh, the furniture for a lot of government offices. Mm-hmm. They are uh, uh, digging potatoes for Idaho for, for French fries that people right. are buying out here. They, they, it's it's they're the only ones because that's who we are. I mean, I'm just I'm just talking about what I what I've seen mm-hmm. and what I've read about a little bit I don't know as an expert it's not empirical but others have done that work and Michelle Alexander Angela Davis I ain't the only I'm, t- I'm learning from them right. about how pervasive this structure is in terms of you're going to be seen as a bunch of money that we're going to extract 
people that because arrest they, you. I think for privatized prisons, don't they have to keep the prisons at a certain uh, number? Capacity? Yeah, yep, in do. order to keep getting funding or something like you that. You build it, we fill it. We're going to take a, a musical break and uh, bring on another guest right after the musical break. Stay with us. Butterflies don't decide that They don't want to fly no more Lions never say that My purpose, or at least for it, I'm searching ever since I was plucked from the stars until the earth's surface. Wrapped up my memory, let to believe that I was worthless. Searching for God outside when all the while I had a surplus. Giving free will, no knowledge of destiny. Plus, my past has been stolen, it seems they got the best of me. Damn, but I got one lifeline left, and the rest inside my chest. Yes, but a secret weapon is this moment. I own it. Yes, I'm blessed. You know that butterflies don't decide that. Welcome back to Amila's Window Seat on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I am your host, Maimuna Youssef. I'm here with Robin Marcus. And I also want to uh, invite my next guest on to the show, Audrey Scott Williams, who I just call Auntie. But um, she is your District 2 Alabama candidate for the U.S. House of Representatives. Audrey Scott Williams, are you on the line? I am on the line. <laughs> Hello, honey. How are you? Hey. So, wait, I have to read your bio, too, because this is funny, right? I've, I've, you know, I've known you all of my life, most of my life. And I was like, ooh, auntie's so accomplished. I didn't even know all the different things. I just was like, you know, I would just tell people, my auntie's deep. She's walked around the whole world. Yep barefooted her and people follow her all around the world <laughs> yep even across the ocean she swam across the ocean and then she kept walking so <laughs> i'm gonna just read a little wow, bit <laughs> audrey scott williams the global peace walker who has dedicated the last 15 years to walking for peace healing and reconciliation has received numerous awards from her service to humanity including the presidential certificate of merit from bill president bill clinton she holds a master's degree from naropa university and a BA from the University of Tampa. Uh, she served as the interim global indigenous coordinator for the United Religious Initiative and uh, as the co convener of the Hidden Seas Global Indigenous Gathering, is currently the trustee of the Global Council of URI and has served as an apprentice with the Worldwide Indigenous Science Network. Auntie, we, mm. have, we have time to do all that <laughs> and, and raise three children. Okay, and, and and just be a healer and phenomenal. And, and there, every time I call her crying about my life. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Maimuna. This is, this is a wonderful show. We are celebrating women and Women's History Month. We are celebrating the fact that we get to tell our own stories from our own lips. And, um, yeah, I mean, I want to hear about everything, really. But I want to hear about your perspectives about what's happening in this new era. I don't even want to call it the Me Too era because everyone keeps <laughs> I'm like, why is it the Me Too era? It, these stories have, you know, been happening for a long time. But the fact that women are coming out with their stories and people are listening, they're having to listen, they're having to uh, atone. There's atonement that's happening in a way that has not happened before. And women and the healing process is, is beginning. And, uh, I feel like there is hope for the future. How do you feel? 
Oh, I absolutely do, Marlena. I was having a conversation um, earlier uh, in a meeting, and uh, one of the, the women there had been um, abused as a young teenager. And uh, we got into the topic of human trafficking. You know, we walked uh, around the country. One of our walks was to raise awareness of human trafficking. But the point she was making is that uh, we talked all around the issue, and it just came down to the fact until we get more women in power, um, and when I say more women in power, I'm talking about politically, uh, in our communities, uh, where we feel empowered enough to, to continue that, that drive that has been uh, initiated with the Me Too drive. But um, we have to continue to move into positions of power and be okay. I heard you talking about the money piece, but we also as women have to be okay with being empowered mm-hmm. and acting out of that place of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Uh, often uh, a woman who is standing in her power and quite successful in the world often pays a big price for that and uh, is often ridiculed or made fun of or even isolated, you know, disassociated from the rest of the community because of who she is. But as more and more women enter into uh, uh, accessing their own power and then wherever that power leads them, for you it's leading you as an artist, for me it's leading me into uh, Congress. And um, whatever, however we show up, for our guests, uh, it's leading, you know, the work that she's done in, in being close to community and being able to write about it and tell the story. All of that is, is, is part of what it means to be standing in our power. And so as we get more and more into that, taking on more and more uh, positions of leadership, we can change the narrative. We can, ex- we can change the experience of exploitation mm-hmm. that hits so many of our women, our young girls and children, and not just girls, boys too. Right. So this, this, this uh, uh, addiction to sex being equated to power, you know, when I, you know, it's, it's, it's as though the more powerless someone feels, no matter how much money they have or don't have, then one way that they exercise that sense of power is through their own sexual, uh, uh, um, uh, being a sexual predator or a sexual uh, 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 violator of women and children. Right. Well, I I think that we, you know, we have an opportunity now to to really continue to move that, that, uh, shift that paradigm more and more. So, Auntie, what do you say to people who um, would say there's no point in voting, there's no change, it's going to come from the political sector, Democrats and Republicans are the same, there's no real way to change it through the political process? What do you say to that? I say if we don't vote, they're absolutely right. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, if we don't vote, then we don't really have a say in who takes who, who takes. Uh, possession of a particular position, whether it's a congressional, state, or local. Most people don't realize the power of local politics and the impact that it has on individual lives. Basically, it it has a lot to do with controlling what money comes into a community and how that money is then used to address the needs of the community. Now, there are issues with our political system, and and I I cannot deny that. I don't deny that. I'm running because I want to change that. But we have to be able to understand that if we exist in a power construct, how do we, how do we gain power 
in that political construct to shift the things that we need to shift. And right now, with our prison industrial complex that you all spoke so eloquently about, uh, through to human trafficking, to uh, getting reasonable wages and jobs for our community so that there's, you know, and, and, and funding public education, because right now, you right. know, if, if Trump and DeVos have their way, you know, public education is about to change. They're pulling the, pulling the cord on public education. So there's health, and, and don't get into health care, and so many other critical issues. If we don't take a role in, in using a system, the political system, I don't think that's the only system we use, but it is a system that can, uh, give, can allow us to begin to make a change. And as we become more conscious of what those changes need to be and want to be more proactive, I think that we can use that system to create change. But it's going to take work and it's going to take time. I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's going to happen overnight. Now, I would say what type of woman would you say or the characteristics of the woman running would you say we would need to look at in selecting, you know, what woman in power we want to run for us? Because, I mean, if you think about like Hillary Clinton, a lot of women didn't vote for Hillary because they didn't trust her or they felt like she was right. disingenuous or or her politics. I mean, if you think about a woman femininity has to do with being nurturing caring for children uh to make sure that the the family is is you know well cared for like some of those attributes just on an energetic level not like i'm a woman you're a man but Mm -hmm. what type of uh, yeah mm -hmm. no yeah i think right now we are looking at the atypical politician and i say that all the time with my campaign if you're looking for a typical politician don't vote for me because I'm not that. Mm. Uh, I am different in the sense that I am very much a grassroots-oriented person. Right. Um, I'm not looking at being in Washington and deciding, well, what can I do from there? I'm like in the grassroots here, and 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 that means being on the ground, very much like walking. Mm. You know, uh, meeting community and having a face-to-face, having the discussions with the community. Not talking to the, talking at the community, but listening to what the community is identifying as their issues and concerns, and then having the courage and and the uh, determination to make sure that those issues get on the agenda, and and not being willing to compromise. You know, like that fierce mother in our communities right. who, who've had to raise their children by themselves, or 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 uh, be a dominant you know person in terms of that that had to not just take care of their kids but all the kids in the community yeah. you know and 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 make the decisions sometimes very hard decisions maybe unpopular decisions about how that support was going to happen with or without the system right. i think the the politician right now that i would vote for is one who who exemplifies that and not just because they say it but because they live it right now, i also wanted to ask you there has been um a lot of, on, on social media, at least, I've seen a lot of posting about Native women's rights and a lot of Native women who have gone missing on the reservation. Yes. And there's never any investigation about their whereabouts. Um, I also know there is a case going on now with, with the nine little girls in South Dakota who are um, take finally taking the missionaries um, from the, the Indian missionary school that they were sent to as children who you know, raped and abused and harmed them, they've finally been able to uh, try at least to have them tried in court for the things that they did to them. A, a, a lot of um, a lot of their victimizers are deceased now. 
Um, but how a, a lot of times native rights are always thrown to the side in terms of, you know, government policies. They don't pl- apply to Native Americans. It doesn't trickle down to the reservations. And I know you've done a lot of work within indigenous communities. How do you feel like the system uh what can we do like in terms of utilizing the system to also um, fight for indigenous women's rights? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's a really good question because it's, it's pervasive. It's pervasive yeah. across the planet. But let me talk about our Native sisters. I've been in communities where, where young women go to walk to the store and then they're never seen again. So I know firsthand what you're talking about. Right. And I think we have to use what's available to us even when people around us say no. Uh, and what I mean by that is we've got social media, which has allowed a voice for often those that were voiceless. Uh, so I think we have to use whatever means is available to us. And the other thing that I think that we as women and as mothers and aunties need to do is when children tell us their stories, we have to stand behind the children. Right, right. And um, because if we do that and we come together we can elevate that story to a point where it has to have attention. Right. In the Native community and many indigenous communities around, around the world, this situ- the mission of uh, many of the mission uh, uh, institutions, whether they were schools or, or boarding houses, have created so much violation uh, uh, against the bodies of our, and minds and psyche of our young children that have lived with this for years and years and generations. So, um, to me, as 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 a congressional candidate, one of the issues that I have is our protection of indigenous rights and sacred spaces, the entire culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we learn from that is that we have to take action. You know, what's missing to me in our politics so often today, especially under our current leadership, is we've lost our humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. We, we need to bring that, that, that love of people, of our land, our heritage, uh, back into a recognition of who we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think we have to get behind these issues, especially issues that have to do with women and our right to control our body right. and to not have the violation and exploitation of women's bodies be something that's acceptable to the point that when a woman does stand up and it's and speaks out about what's happened to them, we make them the victim. Right, right. And so we have to get behind that. And I think, you know, seeing women moving into positions of leadership is one way that can happen. Now, with Hillary, um, you know, one of the things that I think happened with Hillary is her femininity, who she was as a woman, was masked with a woman kind of walking the same path in a very male persona. Right. And, 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 and that and doesn't help. That doesn't help. No, it's that, like you might as well not, not be a woman if you're going to exactly. mimic being a, a man. Yeah. yeah, we don't need women trying to be men in politics. Right. There's something that we have, our nature as being feminine, as being right. women, as being mothers, that's what we need to bring into politics. Right. And I also want to ask you, and, and me and Robin were actually speaking about this the other day, about, well, how do we end misogyny when women are raising the boys that end up being misogynist? How, how as a mother, what do you do or not do to help, uh, I don't know, steer also our young men into a more uh, 
in a more loving way that they're able to see us, you know, and, and want to protect us more than they want to exploit us. Like what, what do we do just, yeah, as, as mothers, how can we turn this tide around, you know, because ending sexism or ending misogyny that everyone has to be involved in the women can't end misogyny, <laughs> you know, every, it has well, to be a collective effort. It does have to be a collective effort, and women can't do it alone. You know, we have to get back to that sense of community, you know, and the the, the, the power that comes from the balanced masculine and the balanced feminine working together right. uh, to nurture our children. And right now, I think it's beyond just simply nurturing. It's nurturing because our children are becoming extinct. Hmm. And I think we have to face that reality if we continue. I'm in Alabama where we're, we're number three in the nation in terms of the percentage of population that is incarcerated. Wow. And, and the majority of that population is you-know-who. It's, yeah. it's people of color, and particularly young men. So if we don't come together and realize that it's bigger than almost anything I can imagine in, our, in, in, in life, it's about the survival of generations to come. You know, right. I'm a grandmother of 15. Well, what, what? has sparked me to be radi- you know, yes. radically <laughs> into this political movement is it's a platform for having your voice heard. Yeah. It's a platform for um, uh, using all of my lived experience to express what I feel is so important and hopefully to shine a light into what we call sometimes in dark places, yeah. where we begin to look at who we are and remember who we are. You know, we come from kings and queens. We come from from the people who created mathematics and science and astro- astronomy and, and so forth, uh, who could do surgery thousands of years ago. Yeah. And so to infuse that into and bring that into the consciousness of our young people that it's bigger than the surface stuff that we get caught in because we're entrapped in a culture that has already demonized, especially our young men, that's already set a trajectory for them from the, from right from kindergarten to the prison. You know, so we have to make the kinds of decisions that allows our young men to feel empowered so that they don't have to find their empowerment in somebody else's wherever they have power over. Um, We have to help our young people see the value and beauty and grace of our young women. And and I think it's the books that they read growing up. It's the stories that they they listen to. It's the movies they see. It's the whole acculturation. But it also is about giving them a solid foundation and understanding who they are. Hmm. Wow. Yes. And it, I think that also <laughs> what we have to speak to is yeah. the relationship between the men and the women. Yeah. So as a grandmother and with the grandfathers, we've got to exemplify what that balance is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're about to wrap up, but I wanted to ask um, both of y'all, both of y'all are uh, grandmothers. Yeah, and may I just say my, my uh, metaphoric hat is off to you because it's not often that I meet another grandmother who has uh, more ch- grandchildren than I have. <laughs> I have 13, and I usually shut down the discussion when I say 13. And I've, you 15? Girl, go ahead. <laughs> Hey, sister, we are in it together, right? Yes, yes. And the thing about having the grandchildren is it it makes you, like, sort of strap up all over again. Mm -hmm. You know, for them. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes you fierce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I want to mm-hmm. ask both of you all to give me a some bit of advice that you would give to a young woman who is looking to um, actualize herself, live her best her best life, bring you know bring forth uh, everything that God has given her as a woman. Um, to impact the world in some kind of way, a young woman looking to have her voice be heard. What would you say is something, just advice to live by for, for a young woman? Well, I'll go first only because we're getting ready to have a storm here and I, I don't want okay. uh, to knock off the air. But I would just say you, you and your mentor I, uh, just exemplified that in the very beginning of this conversation. You find the mentors and the people who can open the doors for you and who will support you no matter what. To me, that's the beginning. Having a mentor, having an auntie, somebody that when you are feeling like the world is on your shoulders and you don't know where to go, they're going to say just the right words to remind you who you are, what you have, and how you can uh, access your destiny charge, your, your, your destiny in this lifetime. And they're never going to let you forget it. So that would be my number one quote, number one thing I would say. Thank you. And I would put an amen on that. You know, that was <laughs> a prayer. And I, as, as I was listening to your question, I was thinking about what, I, what might have been valuable for me to have heard because we weren't, I don't know about your aunt, but I did not get the attention from other, I, I don't remember feeling like someone was caring that much about me as a woman coming through. Um, and taking time, really, the kind of time that I've invested in me. And I, but, I, but had that happened, I wish there had been somebody who would have said, okay, you want to do this? These are the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. You want to be a writer? Here's how you right. get that started. I wish I had studied harder, mm-hmm. right? I wish I had earlier, and I did eventually, but I wish I had earlier tried to clean out the cobwebs, the mess that was left over that I dragged into my adult life, mm. that women you know, who've had particular kind of abuse experiences drag into their adult lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, um, that there had, that, but I can't, I can't, everything worked to, to getting me to be where I am today, right. you know. But I actually absolutely agree that supporting each other, respecting our differences, mm-hmm loving each other in spite of the differences and it's about that's respect too mm-hmm. yeah. you know i don't always love what black people do but i always love black people <laughs> that's just a given mm-hmm. you know and i believe in grace and mercy mm-hmm. and i would i would let my young self know i'm getting real person i would let my young self know that i'm gonna make mistakes and not to be too hard on myself mm-hmm. you know that that is a part of yeah. me becoming um and to and to and for young people too, also, and that's why your mother, your your aunt is so inspiring, even to me, is for no don't sleep on us older people, mm-hmm. right? Because we we have so I call myself a semi-retired activist. Yeah. You know, I still got I was an organizer, community organizer when I was young. I still got stuff I can I can maybe add to. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to lead nobody anymore, but I'm here to support yeah. in a in a in the fullest way possible mm-hmm. as long as I get to rest and if it's a storm coming right. like you know let me go head on right. and get myself in a safe place and you stay out there and fight in this in the in the you know in the uh, elements so don't let don't forget about yeah the value we're like encyclopedias yeah 
Atlas is, you know. Well, Robin Marcus and Audrey Scott Williams, I want to thank y'all so much. My personal, just favorite people, favorite women for the, the support that you guys have given me through the course of my life. And I want to thank y'all for coming on to the show. We are here on Full Service Radio, the Amila Window Seat. Thank you all. Thank you, listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.